keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Tuesday, October 17th, twenty. 23. The feast is sorry, St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. She was lived from 1647 to 1690, and she received the revelations of the sacred heart of Jesus during the time when the revolutionary process and corruption of customs were prevalent. The sacred heart of Jesus appeared to St. Margaret Mary, opening a new source of grace for souls. Devotion to the Sacred Heart attracted souls to conversion and was meant to counteract the ongoing apostasy. Devotion to the Sacred Heart spread widely within the church, gaining popularity in the 19th century with prominent figures like St. John Eudes and vigorously promoted this devotion and popes, including Leo XIII, who supported it. In the early pontificate of Pius XI, opposition to the devotion to the Sacred Heart began. The modernist influences started to rise, and members of movements like Catholic Action and the liturgical movement attacked the devotion, considering it sentimental and lacking theological depth. A defamatory campaign was launched against the devotion, labeling it as effeminate and suitable only for poorly formed Catholics. That kind of reminds me of the devotion to the rosary early on. Anyone defending the movement would face exclusion from these movements. A more dangerous maneuver involved burying the devotion in silence. Promotion ceased. Churches were no longer built in honor of the Sacred Heart. And June devotions dedicated to the Sacred Heart dwindled. And now, in our day, we see in the resurgence, praise be to God, devotion to the Sacred Heart was almost completely gone within the church. Pilgrimage sites like Paray Le Moniel, where St. Margaret Mary received the revelations, became neglected and rejected. The rejection of the devotion to the Sacred Heart symbolizes a deep ingratitude. It parallels the centurion's piercing of Christ's heart. But unlike the centurion, there is no cure for the spiritual blindness caused by this rejection. For the centurion, when he pierced the heart of Christ, the blood and water which flowed from his side cured him of his blindness and converted his soul, whereas we should know better. The rejection of the Sacred Heart devotion signifies a severe spiritual crisis within the church. Blind leaders are leading the blind, and the faithful are moving further away from the true path. So, what do we ask from St. Margaret Mary on her feast day? Let us implore the Sacred Heart of Jesus through St. Margaret Mary Alacoque that this situation end, and that both a new Christendom and a restored Holy Mother Church be reinstalled on this earth. St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, pray, pray for, for us. us. And joining us right now is Rudy Carlos. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. And like the Sacred Heart devotion, I sometimes think that you're just a little too emotional. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> that's so mean. Honestly, that's what I was thinking when I heard that. Why would you say that? That is absurd. <laughs> devotion yeah. to the Sacred Heart. Come you know, on. it's the same thing that they used to say about the, the rosary. In the early yeah. days of the devotion to the rosary, they would um, they said the rosary was just for old ladies and just mm. for, for women. And they, they kind of had that marketing for it. 
In fact, it was uh, if you ever read uh, Secret of the Rosary by St. Louis de Mumford, he it's recalls a book, by it's an amazing book. And he recalls a story of this priest who was denigrating the rosary from the pulpit, this new devotion. How can you crazy the idea of praying the rosary? And he was possessed by 150 demons. And he was only going to be exercised by saying for each Hail Mary he prayed of the rosary, wow. a demon came out of him. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it funny how, uh, how these devotions come and go, right? Yeah, and some are are standing. Some uh, they have they stand the test of time. Yeah, and so we'll see. I mean, it's good to see in our time the Sacred Heart devotion making a restoration. Um, in recent years, started seeing people actually, especially in response to like Pride Month of June, mm-hmm. people really, really getting on the on the Sacred Heart of Jesus bandwagon to try to say, "Hey, let's uh, let's counteract some of this culture." Exactly, here. and the culture Heart, in quotes. Perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. Perfect opportunity. So. Uh, today, maybe spend some time, learn a little bit about St. Margaret Mary, and learn a little bit about the devotion to the Sacred Heart. I think um, St. Margaret Mary, I was thinking about what to talk about in regards to St. Margaret Mary and her biography, but I figured if I was with St. Margaret Mary and I was talking to her, she'd probably tell me, don't talk about me, talk about the Sacred Heart. And so, there you go. Amen. That's, uh, that's why I did that. All right, at 15 past the hour, skyrocketing food prices global food crisis, war on farmers, and the push to eat bugs. Yikes. All this coming up at 15 past the hour. At 30 past the hour, Jason Jones is going to be on with us to talk about the people in need in Hawaii. Everybody's forgotten about Hawaii now. We're going to remember them. And coming up in the next hour, Adam Bly with The Spirit World is going to be joining us. We'll be talking about The Spirit World coming up in the next hour. Plus, uh, the last day for the Fear and Trembling Game Show this week because we are heading out to Alabama. Uh, today, actually, right after the show, we're going to head home. I have, actually, I haven't packed yet. Um, <laughs> I am me uh, both, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I am Don't feel a too bad. <laughs> last-second packer always. So I got to go home and right at the show, pack and uh, get to the airport. We'll be heading to Birmingham, Alabama. So the rest of the week will be pre-recorded shows. And so it's going to be a lot of all new content mixed in with the best of as well. So make sure you tune in for that uh, coming up this week. And that means no fear and trembling game show the rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, no fear and trembling game show. And, uh, that means we're going to give away the prize today. So your odds of winning the prize are incredible. So make sure you call in today and make sure you're ready for that. But let's begin in prayer. We're going to be praying for your intentions, whatever it is that you have going on in your life. We pray for a successful radiothon. We pray for a salvation of souls, a liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church, for the for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for, and for peace in the Holy Land under Christ the King. And for in a special way for my grandfather's manifold illnesses that he be miraculously healed. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O Virgin Mary, grant that the recitation of thy rosary may be for me each day in the midst of my manifold duties, a bond of unity in my actions, a tribute of filial piety, a sweet refreshment, an encouragement to walk joyfully along the path of duty. Grant above all, O Virgin Mary, that the study of thy fifteen mysteries may form in my soul, little by little, a luminous atmosphere, pure, strengthening, and fragrant, 
which may penetrate my understanding, my will, my heart, my memory, my imagination, my whole being. So shall I acquire the habit of praying while I work without the aid of formal prayer by interior acts of admiration and of supplication or by aspirations of love. I ask this of thee, O Queen of the Holy Rosary, through St. Dominic, thy son of predilection, the renowned preacher of thy mysteries, and the faithful imitator of thy virtues. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And there's a lot of breaking news and stories today. Let me just mention today, today is a a day of prayer and fasting. And this was asked uh, for by the the cardinal of the of jerusalem or his eminence pizza bala please consider praying and fasting today for the intentions of peace in that region now here's another headline and the headline goes uh, epstein victim who helped convict jelaine maxwell dies of suspected overdose but mother questions daughter's reported cause of death caroline andriano was found unresponsive in a florida hotel room the police spokesperson stated that Andriano's death was due to an accidental drug overdose. Andriano had testified about being molested by Epstein in her childhood and was one of four victims who testified against Maxwell, contributing to her conviction. She had previously disclosed addiction issues. After her death, a legal dispute emerged over her will, which excluded her husband and three children instead, leaving all of her assets to her mother and two eldest children. Her mother is urging authorities to keep the investigation open, emphasizing that Andriano had been enthusiastic about her new life in North Carolina, working to overcome her past addiction issues. And the Pentagon is preparing 2,000 U.S. troops for potential deployment in support of Israel. Around 2,000 U.S. forces have received orders to prepare for a potential deployment in the Middle East in support of Israel's campaign against Hamas militants. This notification doesn't guarantee their deployment, but requires them to be ready for quick action if necessary. The specific circumstances that would trigger their deployment remain unclear. However, this group doesn't include any infantry troops and would primarily fulfill roles such as advising the Israeli military and offering medical assistance rather than participating in combat. The selected forces come from various branches of the U.S. Armed Services and are currently stationed in different locations, both inside and outside of the Middle East, including Europe. And two Swedes shot dead in Brussels. Belgium raises terror alert to the top level. Two uh, Swedish nationals were fatally shot, and another one was wounded in central Brussels. An individual identifying as a member of the Islamic State claimed responsibility in a social media video. The shooter fled as a Belgium-Sweden football match was about to begin, prompting a significant manhunt and elevating Belgium's terror alert to the highest level. A witness reported the shooter shouting, Allahu Akbar! France tightened border security with Belgium following the incident, and Belgium's crisis center advised against unnecessary travel in the capital. Now, those are some of your headlines today, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. The gospel today comes from Luke chapter 11, verses 37 through 41. Now, here is very interesting, because we're going to be talking about almsgiving. This is something that many people don't think about too much. In verse 41, it says, But yet that which remaineth, give alms, and behold, all things are clean unto you. Now, there are many things that can be said about this, but I'm only going to focus on this one aspect of it. And behold, all things are clean unto you. Some think that these words were spoken in irony, 
But the general opinion of the fathers is that we must understand them seriously. But how? Here are a few opinions that Cornelius Lapide gives. Certain are of opinions that the sins of robbery and violence are pardoned through the giving of alms, even though no previous restitution has been made. But this is a manifest error. For St. Augustine says, no sin is remitted unless restitution is made. For restitution of that which has been wrongfully acquired is due under every law, natural, human, or divine. Now, this is important to keep in mind because if you have stolen something or you have committed robbery or violence, you have to make restitution, meaning you have to give back what you stole. This is required for forgiveness. Your confession, in fact, could be invalidated if you have no intention or you have not yet made restitution. This is very, very important. If it's impossible to make restitution because perhaps the person that you stole from is now dead or you stole from someone who was a stranger and now you can't track them down, well, then usually you can go and talk to your confessor and your confessor can tell you, hey, you can just donate the equivalent amount of money to the church or another charitable organization. That's something that we have to keep in mind. St. Augustine understands by almsgiving, almsgiving every good work, including even penitence itself. For how, he asks, can you be merciful to another if you are unmerciful to yourself? To have compassion on your own soul is to be pleasing to God. He, therefore, who repents of his sins has compassion on his own soul. For almsgiving is whatever is done by a profitable compassion. To give alms means devote thyself to good works, to works of charity and of penitence, for these will make you clean. This shows we kind of talk about this in the church nowadays as time, treasure, and talent, right? You can give your time, you give your treasure, give your talent. Those are all under almsgiving, something that we should keep in mind and what we can do. Now, lastly, I want to leave with this, but we take the words really in this sense. All things, whether external as the body or internal as a soul, are made clean, not by ceremonial washings, as ye think, ye being the Jews, but by alms given out of that which is thine own. This is very important. We to give from our own. That is what makes us clean. It is not washing our hands. It is not bathing as many times as you can. And none of these things will make you clean, but instead... It is almsgiving, our time, our treasure, our talents, and to give from what we have, not just of our excess, but give out of that which is thine own. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after this. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the expression, free love? Do you know what it means? It means false love. True love does not want to be free. It wants to bind itself. It wants to give everything and forever. It wants to make a vow, a promise that it will keep. G.K. Chesterton says the man who makes a vow makes an appointment with himself at some distant time or place. The question is, will he keep the vow? That's the adventure. The perils and the punishment must be real. If I bet, I must be made to pay, or there's no poetry in betting. If I challenge, I must be made to fight, or there's no poetry in challenging. 
And if I vow to be faithful, I must be cursed when I'm unfaithful. Or there's no fun in vowing. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to learn about a great Catholic saint. Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the lives of the saints? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Tribe Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Just a reminder, starting tomorrow, we're going to be off the radio for being live anyway. We're going to still be here. We have a pre-recorded show ready to air Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So if you are tuning in now, well, we'll still be here, but it'll be pre-recorded. So we're going to have all new interviews uh, we have the interview with Sister Josefa about Sister Wilhelmina. We have Father Paracone talking about immigration. And we have the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, His Eminence Pisabala, on to talk about Israel and Palestine all coming up this week. So make sure you tune in while we're away. Uh, plus, we're going to air those videos of our recordings uh, across our social media feeds as well. So make sure you're with us. Because uh, we're still going to be here, even though we won't be live, we'll still be here giving you your normal, normally scheduled show, and then we'll be back on Monday uh, with the live show. So just keep that in mind. Now, before we jump into this issue on the no farmers, no food issue, there is actually I saw this this morning. Have you heard Rudy the this new program Bent Key? Uh, that sounds familiar, but I don't know what exactly it is. Yeah, this is uh, honestly kind of a strange name, Bent Key. Um, their logo is a, a Bent Key, and I'm like, I don't understand what the reference mm. is for that. But the Daily Wire is introducing their new kids entertainment uh, channel called Bent Key. Ah, yeah, there we go. Bent Key, yeah, I remember Bent Key now. Yeah, exactly. So that's Daily Wire. It's funny is uh, they used to have that as their uh, as their email designation. Was it really? Yes. Huh. That's why it sounded familiar to me. Really? <laughs> well, we've that. tried so hard to get some Daily Wire people on the show, but uh, it's always tough, you know. Yeah. Well, this is really interesting because when I saw this, I was like, holy moly, these guys are actually doing it. Mm-hmm. They're going to actually – they're actually competing with Disney. And I was looking, and they're going to make a lot of money off of this because, I mean, they're selling merchandise for all their new um, shows. And I was seeing online, they already have tons of people buying it, and they're showing it off on Twitter and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, like they are, they're doing it. They're doing it. And they're competing with Disney. And you could tell they're competing with Disney because they're making a Snow White live action film. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, starring uh, Brett Cooper, who is one of the um, the Daily Wire, new Daily Wire hosts. And I'm kind of, I'm low-key impressed. I was like, this is uh, really impressive what they're doing here. And it seems as though, I don't want to give an endorsement for something I haven't watched, but it, they're allegedly, what the, the situation is, is that they're saying that these shows are all parent-approved. 
Hmm. You can watch these. You can let your kids watch these shows, and it's going to be appropriate. You're not going to have to worry about your kids seeing anything woke, seeing anything gay, seeing anything like that. Um, Well, I don't know. That doesn't really assuage my fears or anything because – I know a lot of parents who uh, will let their kids watch uh, safe, quote-unquote, shows, and then you watch the show, and it's like potty humor and just like crass. Like, I'm not really, yeah, really sure about everybody's that. Everybody's standards are different. <laughs> exactly. So it's kind, so it's kind of hard <laughs> to kind of say something like, oh, it's safe for kids, uh, because it might be safe for your kids, but not, it may not be safe for my kids. And you know what's funny, too, is uh, there's, uh, there's one – I I know off the top of my head that I've heard several parents say, oh, I like watching the show too. And I'm I'm thinking, that's kind of odd. It's kind of odd that they market these shows sometimes where they include content in these shows uh, for adults. Uh, You know, obviously the kids may not understand it, but I think sometimes that uh, these companies are, uh, or these productions, are uh, tailoring their their shows a little bit to the adult as well, and that kind of sets off my my warning lights. <laughs> yeah, and for that reason, that's why I'm like I can't actually endorse it because I haven't seen it, so I can't really say. But allegedly, these are supposed to be. I can impro- I can assume. I think I could safely assume it's going to be better than Disney and Nickelodeon, probably. So that <laughs> that I can I can confidently say. Will it actually be good? Probably, hmm. probably show by show basis. Subjective. Yeah. yeah. So uh, check it out. Still, that's Think pretty good. It. Look into it. See, maybe it might be good for your family. Uh, they released 150 episodes today. Wow. 150 episodes all at once. They dropped. I'm like, man, they've been working behind the scenes on this for a while. It seems like different shows or just for various one show? shows. Oh, okay. Ha- wow. I think they said. Um, they have, let's see, if I can see, pull up how many shows they announced, and it'll take too long. But they have a number of different shows that they're releasing all at once, and they have uh, approximately 150 episodes, and they try to launch it. I think they said it was the 100th anniversary of Walt Disney's um, founding of the company. And so they're like, yeah, we're uh, the founding of their company started, and we want to make sure that you are, um, that we have something to honor that, because Walt Disney was a good American who loved America, who loved their country. And Disney nowadays is is fake and gay, and we don't want that. And so I think that's pretty cool. So think about it. Check it out. Maybe it's good for your family. Maybe it's not. And if you have seen it, I'd be very curious about your opinion on it. I'd be very, very curious because, I mean, I'm, I'm probably not going to watch any of the shows. I don't have any kids, and they all are children shows so if you decide to watch it let me know what you think i'd be very curious about whether or not you think it's uh it's worth worth getting it's worth endorsing i would love to create a i've always said this i said this for years now i've always wanted to create like a catholic daily wire Hmm. um, because they are doing they're basically building the disney corporation from scratch but like conservative and i want that but like catholic Mm -hmm. and so like creating like imagine like these these kind of TV shows, but it's like the lives of the saints. I mean, that'd be really cool, especially like you see some of these obscure saints. Like I was talking about uh, Saint Christina earlier, and um, on the I was doing a video for American Eats Fatima, and we're talking about Saint Christina and how she was just absolute crazy life. Like these stories would be like you could even make them. Um, like some of these for like young adults, some of these for children, some of these yeah. for adults. Uh, the lives of the saints are so wide and varied. You really could do so much with it. 
And there's so many different people, uh, you know, doing stuff like this, but they're off in their own little islands, right? And to gather them all together would be some so fantastic. Let me give just a quick shout out to uh, uh, Holy Heroes. Holy Heroes, I love listening to these Lives of the Saints. They're these radio dramas. Uh, made for kids, but man, every time I listen to them with my daughter, I just feel like weeping. You know, it's just so, uh, so beautifully done. And you know what would really get me really excited about kids' content uh, would be if uh, EWTN, if you're if you're listening, please take my advice here. Bring back the Friar. <laughs> Make some new episodes for the Friar. I love that show. It's fantastic. If you're looking for uh, something to watch with your kids, the Friar by. Uh, uh, I think it's it's actually produced by EWTN. You could see it on their hmm. uh, website. It's fantastic. Love it. Yeah, yeah. One day, once I um, win the lottery and have a hundred million dollars, then I'll definitely, I'll definitely buy up all those uh, things and <laughs> start my own my own uh, awesome Catholic Disney company. What would you call it? <sighs> I have no idea. The Catholic Wire. The Catholic Wire. It's <laughs> uh, too on the nose. <laughs> all right. So on to this story. Um, Oh, one other thing. There's not really much to report on this other than um, the headline here. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin puts 2,000 U.S. troops on be ready to deploy orders should Israel need them. So they are deploying 2,000 American troops. They said that they are being deployed not for combat but to serve in advising roles and to provide medical support, according to the Wall Street Journal. So that's very uh, concerning to me. That's very concerning to me. That there we have boots on the ground and uh, going to have boots on the ground in Israel, at least. Um, it seems like we're that, that we're going to go that direction. I just we're we're it seems to me that we are setting up strategic places to very easily get involved in the war as soon as we get the thumbs up. And so I don't want to go to war, to be honest. I personally would not want to be drafted and I can't imagine volunteering being massive in our current time. I mean, there was so such a polarized time that volunteering doesn't seem like that will actually happen very much. And I would love to fight for my country, but I don't really want to fight for other people's countries. I don't want to fight in Ukraine. I don't want to fight in Palestine or Israel. Um, and I'm of the age that there would be, uh, I'd be definitely be drafted. So. I think I'm in the tail end as well. Yeah. And uh, I can tell you there's very few and far in between situations uh, that I can think of where I would I would say this is justified for me to go and fight yeah. uh, for the interests of the country. So, yeah, I don't I don't see this as a, a just war opportunity. Yeah. If we were being invaded, I would definitely sign up to defend my country. Uh, but it's it's definitely very concerning. And China has come out on the side of Iran. Mm -hmm. And that's very concerning. Because they were calling out Israel, China was like, "Hey, Israel is is doing not all these bad things," mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Yikes! This is the more countries that start voicing their concerns, start positioning themselves in certain areas. I'm like, this really smells like World War Three. Yeah, the lines get drawn, and yeah, for sure. Yeah, so pray for peace. Let's pray the rosary fast today, um, and we will definitely be <sighs> keeping that." Keeping that in our prayers. All right. With little time we have left, uh, wasted too much time talking about Disney. Uh, <laughs> the story, No Farmers, No Freedom. This was a, a documentary film put out by the Epic Times. And I just watched it last night. Very good. Very, very good. And the summary here, and we'll have to recover the story because it's actually a really big deal, is that 
we are having all of a lot of farms are being shut down, are being purchased by globalists, and nitrogen levels are being they're being told you have to keep your nitrogen levels down, which means they have to get rid of their cows. In fact, I saw one person was saying that they had to decrease the amount of cows they have by like ninety percent. So they're going to go from having like I think they said like almost sixty cows to about six or seven cows. I was like, oh my goodness, that's that's crazy. So this is very bad. We started seeing stories in India how they had changed their laws about using certain kinds of fertilizer that's harming the environment, and they had to. And because of that, they had a bunch of problems with their grains and their rice. They had to import rice for the first time. They have California where they are having all these issues with um, controlling the water rights. And there's our farms getting, getting not even able to produce as much as they need to. Uh, these things are happening all over, all over the world. And that's very concerning because there's a movement also to get people to eat bugs. It's to say that, oh, okay, well, the correct answer to this problem is we can eat bugs. And I, for one, will not be eating the bugs. No, thank you. But this is where we're headed. And soon enough, you may not have a choice because they're just going to put the bugs in your food already. They're going to put the bugs in the things that you're eating. They're going to put it in all of our food uh, without you even knowing. And that's going to be a very, very concerning situation when it happens. Now, there are a lot of details about the story that we just don't have time for. But it's important to note that all of this is not conspiracy theory. This is in the Agenda 2030 game plan, which is public information. The Agenda 2030 is not some grand conspiracy theory. It is... The world leaders got together at a public conference and talked about these things. This is not, it's not a secret. They tell you their plans. They wrote it in books. So we know that they're trying to do it. They're trying to put 30% of land under government control by 2030, at least California is. So a lot more can be said about this than we will in the future. But we'll be right back with Jason Jones right after this. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helped them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue. You're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. Hey, Donnie, what are the two most important things we receive at Mass? Daddy Christmas scripture. That's right. All right, one more. Who loves you the most? Jesus. That's right. Mary. That's right. <laughs> they love us too. If you don't educate your children in the faith, who will? Educate yourself and your family by listening daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And make sure to get the GRN app by logging online to grnonline.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. 
The Washington Times reports a Southern Virginia church, or actually, this is this is from Catholic News Agency, excuse me. Southwestern Virginia church is named a basilica. In southwestern Virginia, the former St. Andrew's Catholic Church in Roanoke has received a significant honor. It is now known as the Basilica of St. Andrew after being granted the status of a minor basilica by the Diocese of Richmond and the Vatican's Dicastery for Divine Worship, as well as the discipline of uh, the Office of the Discipline of the Sacraments. Now, this church, known for its stunning architecture and hilltop location, has been a source of pride for the community, drawing newcomers with its beauty. The Basilica designation is particularly meaningful in a predominantly non-Catholic region. Father Kevin Segerblom, Segerblom, the church's leader, described it as living art, offering an uplifting experience to all who enter. The church underwent recent renovations, enhancing its interior and exterior. During the application process, churchgoers prayed for St. Andrew's intercession. The St. Andrew's Basilica now joins the 93 minor basilicas in the United States, recognized by the Pope for their beauty and significance. I recommend you check it out. It's a very beautiful church. A UK study shows fathers can help their children achieve in school by spending time with them. What a novel idea. Dr. Helen Norman, a research fellow at Leeds University Business School, emphasized the significance of fathers' engagement in childcare, stating that it increases the likelihood of children achieving better grades in primary school. The study underscores the importance of supporting fathers and sharing childcare responsibilities from an early age, emphasizing that fathers' involvement positively impacts children's learning regardless of sex, ethnicity, age, or household income. Similar findings in Japanese studies from two universities highlighted the benefits of highly involved fathers in reducing the risk of developmental delays and positively influencing a child's physical as well as their cognitive development. And Christians in Gaza have chosen not to evacuate. A small minority of Christians in Gaza have opted to remain in Gaza City, despite demands from Israel's military to leave the area, because it is safer to remain in identifiable Christian facilities than to travel southward in a besieged region. Those who risk traveling have no place to go and are moving out in the open, dangerous roads, and face an even worse lack of essentials such as water, food, or fuel, said Cardinal Pizzaballa, who actually called for a day of prayer and fasting uh, in response to all of these uh, situations in the Middle East. Please consider uh, participating in that today. Now, those are all your headlines this morning, but may God bless all of your holy efforts today. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now is Jason Jones. Jason Jones is with the Vulnerable People's Project. Uh, good morning to you, Jason. <coughs> Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, praise be to God. It's good to have you on. You know, we there's a lot going on in the world that's just really bad, and a lot of vulnerable people out there that need help. And I think one group of people that have kind of been forgotten in this whole situation, there's just been so much news going on, is Hawaii. And you're, that's your home hometown. So tell me about the situation in Hawaii. Yeah, I'm glad uh, that you took time today to talk about this. You know, our organization, the Vulnerable People Project, we're still very active in Afghanistan and Ukraine. We're in Gaza right now, working with the Christian community in Gaza. But in the wake of the fire in Lahaina uh, that devastated the community, uh, a town that, you know, was 13,000 people, uh, the Vulnerable People Project was on the ground within 48 hours. And uh, the most important thing that we're continuing to do in Lahaina, well, we're doing two things. Uh, you know, 
Well, actually three. Our mission there is to honor the dead by burying them, to honor the living by continuing uh, Catholic education and actually providing education to all the students of Lahaina. And then finally, next month, we'll go into production on a documentary called Investigating Lahaina, where we're going to get to the bottom of how could such a catastrophe happen? You know, you had a fire that destroyed one of the most historic towns in the world. Um, how is this allowed to happen? How did this happen? There's a lot of questions. So we're going to, to do a documentary on that. And like you, you said, it's just really hard for people to keep up with all the catastrophes in the world. Another catastrophe that happened um, in the past couple of weeks is there was an earthquake in Herat, Afghanistan, that killed over 4,000 people wow. in the Vulnerable People Project is there as well. So, no, you're right, Adrian. It's overwhelming. When Israel uh, was attacked by Hamas, I pinged my team and I said, here we go again. It just, it's, it seems every month, uh, the world is, the world is falling apart. And as Catholics, you know, we're priests, prophet, and king. And as priests, we're to sacrifice for others. As prophet, we're to tell, to speak uncomfortable truths. And as kings, we're servants. And who is it that we really are to serve? It's, it's those, vulnerable people that the world has abandoned and we live in a world of of abandoned people jason the, you have people. i mean you're more than most people are very familiar with uh, the crises uh, throughout the world have you seen that is to you does it seem like there has been an uptake in crises because i don't know if you asked me three years ago there was a couple things that happened a year and obviously usually it was natural disaster related but now it feels like there's some kind of grand disaster that needs our, our help and our prayers like every other month. You know, I, I think that it does seem that way. Um, and I, it, it just like climate disaster, weather disasters or weather catastrophes, it seems that there's more today than there were 35 years ago. But what I really ha- I, I think a lot of it has to do with just um, – we have a news device in our pocket with our phones. Mm-hmm. We have cable news, 24-hour news cycles. Um, but what I would say is there's probably not an uptick in catastrophes and wars and violence, but there's an uptick in catastrophes and wars where the United States is intimately involved. Um, you can look at Afghanistan where it was our withdrawal that led to um, you know, we left $88 billion in weapons behind to the Taliban, those weapons found their way into the hands of Hamas. And it is a true statement to say that American weapons were used to kill Israeli children and women and Holocaust survivors. I mean, this is unbelievable. You know, there's a famine in Afghanistan. There's been famine in the past two years since the withdrawal, where you're looking at half of the country facing severe hunger. Well, that has that's a direct impact of the the ham-fisted, clumsy way in which the Biden administration left Afghanistan. If you look at, um, you know, the money transfers to Iran right, directly preceding Hamas's attacks in Israel, uh, there was a meme that I saw that had the rockets heading towards Israel and then the Iron Dome intercepting those rockets. And underneath both weapon systems, they wrote, 
American taxpayer dollars. <laughs> right. So you can see our money on both sides of that conflict. Yeah, it seems so like that's many, many American, such cases, America funding uh, both sides of the wars. Um, very uh, sad situation. Uh, but I want to go back to talking about um, Hawaii for a second, because it, it seemed like the, that story kind of blew up for a day, and then it very, very quickly was washed away. And you mentioned earlier about there being, like, trying to get to the root of what caused the fires or what was the uh, the reaction to the fires and do you have any insight for us about what actually happened in terms of how it happened and what the response was yeah i do i was there for the first four weeks after the fire got there within 48 hours spent a lot of time on the ground interviewed a lot of folks and you know we're going to do a very very deep dive there's a lot of conspiracy theories there's a lot of there's a lot of strange things that happened um, but I think when we bury, when we dig down, what I suspect we're going to find is it's, it's quite simple. You had policies that were dictated by this environmentalist ideology, this green cult, um, and then you had a you had Democrat elected officials that had ordered their their policies towards this religion, you know, this environmentalist religion, really, rather than the needs of their constituents. So there, there were three catastrophic things that happened. The first is we had energy energized power lines that were blown it down into grassy fields where the grass was six feet high. Um, those power lines by Hawaiian Electric, which is owned by BlackRock, were should have been buried almost two decades ago. But Hawaiian Electric has repeatedly stated that the reason they weren't burying those power lines is they would rather spend that money on green energy. So you have power lines that were not buried, that were energized in um, feral you know, fields of grass that used to be plantation, game plantations, where you regularly have hurricane force winds. And by the way, Maui is always menaced by fires. And so the idea that those power lines weren't buried is absolutely unbelievable. But then it gets worse from there. There were breaks that weren't maintained. Uh, these fire breaks that are essential to protecting where people live. Again, it seems like there have been so many wildfires, to your point, uh, in, the, in the past several years across uh, the United States. The reality is the fires are down by 20%. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I want to pick up on the story about Hawaii. And I also want to talk about how you can help. There's ways that we can actually get involved. And we're going to talk about that more with Jason Jones right after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What's your go-to for interpreting the Bible? You go on Sinatra, he did it his way, or you go on Magisterium, we're doing it the Apostles' way. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. The Magisterium. What's that? That's the indisputable 2,000-year teaching authority of the Church. The Catechism says, the task of giving an authentic interpretation of the Word of God has been entrusted to the living teaching office of the Catholic Church alone. Secondly, a stark contrast. Again, the Catechism says, the Magisterium is not not superior to the Word of God, but it is its servant. In contrast, the megachurch pastors are coming up with some crazy stuff. They tell us, quote, God is doing a new thing, or the Lord spoke to me this. Humorously, out from all of this, they become their own pseudo-magisterium. And thirdly, Mr. Sinatra, your voice and your music in the 40s swooned my mother, but with lofty lyrics and a lot of ego, your advice from the 1975 hit, I did it my way, falls short. Come on, let's get under the comforting shade of the magisterium. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for vocations to the priesthood. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for priestly vocations? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Joining us right now is Jason Jones. He's with the Vulnerable People Project. And we're talking about the Maui fires and what caused the fires and the response to the fires. Now, Jason, one thing that really concerned me when I saw these stories was the response. It seemed like there was just, it was, there were, nobody cared and people were trying to take advantage of the situation to start purchasing land and that sparked a bunch of conspiracy theories. Uh, so what exactly was the response? Yeah, there's no doubt that that in the weeks, immediately actually, within hours um, of the fires, you had residents being bombarded with phone calls from predatory land speculators trying to buy up the land of the locals. You know, here's what you have to understand about a community like Lahaina. I actually had a donor. He said, Jason, I zillowed the price of those average homes why would you want me to donate to provide Catholic education to families that live in million-dollar homes? You know, a starter home in Hawaii is a million dollars. A lot of these homes were in these families for five, six, seven generations, going back into the late 19th century. And the homes are all they have. They make very low wages, and they may have a home that's been in the family for several generations, and um, it's worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, so when they lose their home, they lose their jobs, they lose everything. They may have lost family members. They lost they lost their wife. They lost their children. They're utterly devastated. With an out, you know, with an, well, the fires were still burning. Well, people were still missing. Uh, these speculators were calling folks. That's one hundred percent true. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's not a rumor. It sounds absolutely unbelievable. Um, that's true. And then you had the state of Hawaii step in and say. Hey, don't worry about it, Hawaii. We're not going to let outsiders buy up this land. We'll buy it from you. Like, whoa, wait, what? What about, you know, you have to understand these Hawaiian families and these Kama'aina families. And what do I mean by Kama'aina? I mean, it's children of the land that goes back to the Hawaiian kingdom. There were those residents of the kingdom of Hawaii who were native Hawaiians, and there were those who were Chinese, and Filipino, and, or Holly, Caucasian, Portuguese, whatever, they were also citizens of the Kingdom of Hawaii, but they were called Kama'aina. So you have in this community of Lahaina, Hawaiians and Kama'aina, and actually they're all intermarried and it's just really one community. Um, the idea of leaving Lahaina, even to another part of Maui, is heartbreaking and unimaginable. So for the state of Hawaii to come in and say, we're going to buy up your land and you can go to California or you can go to Honolulu on the, other, on the island of Oahu, it's it's really un, it's unbelievable, and that's one of the things we want to do with our documentary. In fact, that's why we did the school so fast. The Vulnerable People Project got a Catholic school up and running in partnership with Epic Ministries and the Lanakila School, the Sacred Heart School, 
we got that school up in two weeks. And the reason wow. we did that, one of the main priorities was, and most of that school came in, well, it came in on planes, boats, and we had to use jet skis to get around the Coast Guard because they didn't want us to unload our boats, but we, we did it anyway. And I spoke to the students at the school and we opened it up and I said, you know, you're at the only school in the history of the world where most of the things in the school at one point in their journey were delivered by jet skis. <laughs> um, but That's that awesome. school took away their argument that they had to resettle these families on another island. We wanted to take that away from them as fast as possible. And not only are you going to love this, Adrian, not only do we provide in-person Catholic education to hundreds of students, we offered online, we, we contracted with an online Catholic um, a school education provider, homeschool provider for K-12. Um, we made that available to every student in Lahaina. Wow. So immediately, every student in Lahaina had access to an education, and actually a Catholic education at that. So Praise be to God. That was so we... That was so we they weren't swept away. We didn't want these families to be moved. And now with their documentary, there's nothing more frightening to a to a grifter, corrupt politician than a camera in their face. Mm. And they're gonna be you know, we're gonna be descending on Hawaii with their film crews in late November, December, and January, doing this documentary investigating Lahaina because we're going to get to the bottom of it. You know, um, why were some of the roads blocked? Why wasn't the water released? Why weren't the power lines buried? Why weren't the brakes maintained? Um, why did a state of Hawaii attempt to, to poach the land rather than keep the people on their land? We want to get to the bottom of all of these questions um, to, to protect the families of Lahaina and to answer the questions a lot of people have. Because, as you said, there, there are all sorts of wild conspiracy theories involving Oprah, direct energy weapons. Um, it can get pretty wild. Well, we're going to look at all of that, and we're going to dig down and get to the truth. Uh, Mr. Jones, a quick question for you. I mean, following that little uh, thread there, uh, one, of the, one of the stories that I read that seemed pretty plausible, and you mentioned this, this grass that was uh, uh, lit by those, uh, those power lines above ground. Um, well, one of these theories was that uh, there were grasses that are not native to Hawaii that contributed to the, the devastation there because they, they were just basically, I mean, super dry and uh, not something that's native there. And so it just completely, uh, you know, it, uh, it contributed to the, the devastation of the fire. Is that something that, uh, that you've heard of? Well, I think it more has to do with the overdevelopment and the not maintaining the breaks and the, mm. the types of grasses are there, that are there. There's no doubt that, you know, in the past 150 years, um, even prior to contact with, you know, cap with, um, with the West, you had the Polynesians bringing in species that weren't native to Hawaii. So, yeah, there are a lot of, of plants that are native, a lot of animals that aren't native. Um, to the Hawaiian Islands, and they, they cause a lot of problems. Um, I don't really think it was the type of grasses, but it has to do with 100 years of overdevelopment. That was a very, um, you know, all, that was a, a very that was a very lush area at one point, but with the plantations and then the housing development. Um, but this all could have been prevented by maintaining the breaks, the fire breaks, maintaining those fire breaks, burying those power lines, and having water available. But the one thing I didn't mention is the water wasn't made available. The water was, was shut down, shut off um, because of the drought. And they said, well, water's precious. 
Mm. One of the great frustrations is that I'm sure you've seen his photographs. As you can see, Mark Zuckerberg's, Mark Zuckerberg's home, Oprah Winfrey's home, and you could see these five-star resorts. You could see the golf courses. They were lush and green, but where the working class, regular Hawaiians in Kamaaina lived, I looked like a desert. And so the water's being redirected to the resorts and to the homes of the very wealthy. Um, but then the working class uh, and middle class Hawaiians in Kamaaina can't even water their lawns. Wow. Couldn't yeah. even use water to put out the fires as they were raging towards their house at a mile a minute. And that um, is so absolutely a lot of horrific. Uh, Jason, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm blown away. You know, whenever I first heard the story, we, it's very difficult to figure out what was actually going on. And I'm happy to hear that, uh, that you have some information on uh, what actually happened. I'm sad to hear it, but I'm happy to know the truth. Now, before we run out of time, I do want to make sure that we, uh, get a pitch for how people can support you and how people can get involved and get, and start helping, uh, those vulnerable people. Yeah, well, thank you very much. If you go to our website, thegreatcampaign.org, that's www.thegreatcampaign.org, you can donate to our various um, projects there, whether it's securing Catholic parishes in Nigeria that are facing attacks from Islamist extremists, to caring for our Afghan allies who are fleeing and hiding from the Taliban in Afghanistan, to uh, continuing to work with and support the people and families of Lahaina, um, or to support the Catholic communities in Gaza, our mission is to serve the most vulnerable people in the world. We look to, um, we, we say we're a human rights organization that lives on Good, lives on good Friday. We want to be with our Lord when he's on the cross. We do that by serving the most vulnerable people in the world. And when you go to thegreatcampaign.org, become a donor, then you can know you too are living uh, your life in solidarity with the most vulnerable people on earth. And because of our, our unique model, which is organizing the communities we serve to serve those communities, um, 92% of your donation goes directly to mission. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of organizations out there that people want to donate to, a lot of things out there that people give their money to. And I, you know, we talk often about different organizations, how corrupt they are and how we shouldn't be donating to them. Uh, but the Vulnerable People Project is uh, one of those organizations that I'm always comfortable with sending my money to because I know uh, Jason Jones is going to be on the ground in the places he's talking about helping people and actually making a difference. So I always would encourage people to do that. Uh, Jason, uh, before we have about two minutes left in our conversation, we talked about Hawaii. We talked about Afghanistan. Uh, what about the uh, the Christians in Gaza and uh, Israel? Yeah, I'm so glad uh, that you brought them up. It's it is really heartbreaking. Um, you know, Israel has dropped more bombs in the past week than the United States dropped at the height of the war in Afghanistan in an wow. entire year. Um, there have been thousands of civilians that have already died. And this, of course, was in response to this barbaric terrorist attack uh, committed by Hamas against um, the Israelis. But tragically, this ancient Christian community um, that ironically... Um, the Christians in Gaza, when their DNA was sequenced, are, are genetically the most similar to the Jews that were in Palestine, in Israel at the time of Christ. Wow. So you have this, these Christian communities going back to the first century to the Sea of, uh, of St. James, um, was the first bishop there, and um, they're trapped in 
the midst of this incredible violence. And we were within hours, the Vulnerable People Project was knitted together with the local community. We're working with them. Uh, we're praying with them and we're, we're working to make sure all of their, their needs are, are met. We've, we've been in direct negotiations. I don't even know if I should say this on the radio with, with both sides, um, trying to gain commitments, public in writing press release commitments to protect these Christian communities. Amen. So they definitely, they definitely need your prayers. Amen. Amen. Our prayers are going to be with them. I know uh, his beatitude, peace Sabala, asked for prayers and fasting today for peace and for uh, the Christians and the in these areas that are suffering so much. Uh, so we definitely will be doing that, and I would definitely encourage people to to donate to various pr- causes with the Vulnerable People Project. I definitely will be doing so. And so I encourage others to join me in that. Uh, but God bless you, uh, Jason. God love you. And uh, where, what's the website again? It's www.thegreatcampaign.org. St. John Paul the Great asked us to launch a great campaign in defense of the vulnerable. And, and that's what we do. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, Jason. God love you. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, sir. And that's going to do it for the first hour. We're going to go to our second hour with Adam Bly talking about the spirit world coming up next and stay with us. But remember, tomorrow, pre-recorded show. Thursday, pre-recorded show. Friday, pre-recorded show. So stay with us. All new content for you tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. But we will be live. So no fear and trembling game show. We'll be right back with Adam Bly right after this. Our family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, at chesterton.org Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to say some prayers for the souls in purgatory. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed often for those in purgatory? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. We are a young and diverse generation, helping those in need and promoting human rights. 
We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories. If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Jason Jones, freedom fighter. You know, I I cannot get enough of Jason Jones. That guy is the real deal, man. He's the real deal. He, like, something goes on and he's on a plane heading to the, the thick of it. And, you know, it's pretty awesome because... Some people want to sign up to go fight in war zones. But Jason Jones goes to bring medical care and food and supplies in war zones. I'm like, man, this guy, especially during the whole Afghanistan thing, getting people organized to go over there and and get Americans out. I was like, man, this guy is crazy. Especially after uh, Ukraine. You know, he had crazy stories of uh, his ambulance. He would run an ambulance there. Oh, yeah. The, one of their ambulances got blown up. Got blown up. This is so crazy. Jason Jones, I, I wonder what his memoirs are going to be like. You know, they're just so I – mean, think about the – you know how people say uh, – who's, who's that guy? He's the actor. Uh, you got to give him more description than the actor. <laughs> he's the actor who everybody's like, oh, well, you know, you don't do this to him. He does this to you. Oh, oh the one from the Dos Equis commercial? No, I, no, I have no idea. It. Anyway, uh, it's yeah. on the tip of my tongue here, but okay. this is the this is the actual real life version of that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. He's. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed with everything he does, and he's uh, his organization, the Vulnerable People Project, is one of the only um, places that I donate to. I donate to maybe six or seven places because I just don't. It's, I mean, a lot of organizations I just don't trust. I, I have to. I have to really know the people involved for me to be like. Yeah, let me um, let me give my money away because you know it's just very dangerous. Chuck Norris. Oh, Chuck Norris. Life. This is okay. this is the real life. Chuck Norris is like a loser compared to Jason Jones. Ouch. <laughs> Chuck Norris is a pretty nice guy too, man. Yeah, he is nice. Um, I'm talking about the meme version. Though. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> there you go, folks. There you go. But we should be having uh, Adam Bly joining us in just a little bit, and when we do so, we'll hop into a conversation with him. Uh, but I definitely am looking through their, his um, Jason Jones website right now. And his Hope for Hawaii, he, he has a, the URL, hopeforhawaii.com. Uh, but right now, it seems like the website is down. And so I'm trying to see of how else I can uh, access that. Because I specific, I want to donate specifically to the situation in Hawaii. I, I think they just got forgotten. They got forgotten so badly. Because, I mean, like we talked about, there are so many things going on all at the same time that Hawaii got put on the back burner and they are not being helped anymore. They're being forgotten. Uh, luckily, Jason Jones is on the case and being a native Hawaiian, he uh, he's not going to forget. He's not mm-hmm. going to forget Hawaii. So I, I'm very grateful that he's um, working on that project, being able to get get that going. Um, yeah, I agree with that, Adrian. You know, I had a friend uh, back in California, his name is Chris. 
And he was uh, pretty informed with Hawaii. I think he might have been Hawaiian himself. And, you know, to speak to something that uh, that Mr. Jones mentioned is, um, you know, the, the people there, they hold on to their homes. It's a generational thing because it's almost impossible for you to find apartments or anything like that. It's very expensive to live in Hawaii. So if you're from Hawaii, uh, there's a bit of contention there because it's it's hard for you to actually survive and be a, be a resident there. And he was telling me, that uh, all of his friends in Hawaii, they actually share houses where it's almost an absurd amount of people in the same house, like like eight people per house because it's that scarce to find housing there. It's, uh, it's a devastating situation for those people who lost their homes. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because <laughs> the – the situation in Hawaii is like it's like California, but on steroids. Yeah, it's like worse than California. Like these people own these homes, like Jason mentioned, they own these homes, and they're worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. But they uh, make like a couple Nothing. thousand dollars a year, yeah. and you're thinking, how on earth? But like you said, because they just pass these homes down from generation to generation, and it's, I think that's probably how a lot of Californians have homes. Uh, their families own those homes and stayed in those homes. But uh, the other thing is, you know, it's interesting to see the Hawaiian culture. They very much have a a casualness. Mm-hmm. Like an, like, that's very interesting. I was hearing about this from a friend of mine who's with American Eats Fatima. And he goes on trips to Hawaii once every – once a year he takes a trip to Hawaii and he does American East Fatima rosary rallies and brings the statue of Our Lady Fatima to people's homes uh, throughout uh, the different islands. And he says that um, whenever he goes, because the, the American East Fatima crew, they all wear suits. And so he, uh, they go through and they're, um, they're like, everybody's like staring at him because <laughs> he's like the only guy in a suit. And everybody, he's like, even the business executives are like in a Hawaiian shirt. They're like nobody Tommy, Tommy Bahama. <laughs> yeah, nobody wears a suit. Nobody wears a suit. He's like, to mass, everybody's wearing like sandals, flip-flops. And I'm like, yikes. Yeah. Um, you know, the same friend, Chris, was telling me that uh, in, in some of the parishes, you know, you, the sacred vessels, they have to have um, a precious metal there, mm-hmm. uh, at least coated. I mean, think, I think some of them can be brass, but they have to have gold uh, plating on top of yeah. it to hold our, our, our the Blessed Sacrament, our Lord, right? And uh, he was telling me that there's a special dispensation for uh, a specific city in Hawaii for them to use koa wood. And koa wood is like one of the rarest woods that you can find in Hawaii. It's almost like the the, the trees there have been devastating. It's it devastated. It's like re- really rare to find this type of wood. And so they use these wood bowls uh, for Holy Communion. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, that's the part of it that I'm like, yeah, they need a and maybe the, that that level of um, familiarity is is just too much. Um, but the funny thing though was my friend was saying he uh, he goes to this hotel whenever he's there, and he always goes to the same hotel, and he um, stopped at the bar there, and he goes, you know, it's been hmm, I don't know a year since I've seen somebody uh, in a suit come through here, and he's like, did they come this time of the year? Yes. At this hotel? Yes. That was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't mind so me. Funny. I'm just a land speculator. <laughs> or yikes. <laughs> oh, man. So I think it's kind of funny. But I- I'm also saddened by the lack of um, the Catholic faith over there. They, it's really just – it's not 
uh, picked up the way it has in other places. And so I'm really happy that Jason Jones has got a Catholic school involved to be able to educate the kids in the Catholic faith. Um, that's pretty awesome. And then get a Catholic homeschooling program to be put there. That's really awesome as well because, yeah, they it just hasn't took root in, in Hawaii as much as you would uh, some other places. Very un- unfortunate to see that it just simply didn't happen. So definitely be praying for Hawaii. And as soon as I figure out how to get access to their uh, website to donate, I'm going to be donating to the Vulnerable People Project, specifically to um, Hawaii, because uh, I think that's somewhere, especially, you know, a principle of subsidiarity. We should care for all people who are suffering, but we have to care for the people closest to us first. Take care of your family, take care of your neighbors, take care of your country, um, and then take care of others. So I think that's something that we, we should definitely uh, be aware of. Um, so something just to to know and to think about, especially during this time of great crises. You know, speaking of the great crises, I was kind of bringing this up with Jason here, talking about how it seems like there's like an uptake in, in crises. And he's he didn't really take a position on it. He was kind of, you know, oh, well, maybe there are, maybe they're not. Maybe we're just seeing it more. Uh, what do you think, Rudy? Are we, are we seeing it? Are we... Is there more crises? Hmm. Hard to say. It's hard to say because uh, I'll tie it into this other theory I have, right? This other theory is that uh, we are experiencing uh, weather like we've never experienced before because we're so used to air conditioning. That's my, that's my crazy conspiracy theory, right? It's not actually warm, warmer. I think it's just people are used to, uh, to air conditioning now. Okay, so when it comes to news and events and stuff like that, I think we're just way more connected and news has a way of uh, just uh, penetrating our life uh, so much so because we have technology at our fingertips and, and, and those sorts of things uh, going on that I think maybe we're more aware of what's taking on in the world. The other thing too is – I imagine that, uh, you know, because of in response to the availability of news and being so connected to people's lives, uh, news agencies have an impetus to uh, report everything and anything. The most, the more salacious it is, the more able that people are going to be able to connect with it. And so we're seeing all kinds of scandalous stuff, but I think it's just to generate revenue generate uh, clicks to their website, you know, and kind of keep them afloat. <laughs> so that's uh, Rudy's theory. That's my theory. Here's my theory. We're my in the end times. Is we are not in the end times, We're getting but there. we are in the time of the great chastisement. Um, I think it's simply, I mean, it seems like that's the case. Blessed Elizabeth Kenori Mora. Um, we have Blessed Anna Maria Taiji. Uh, these these prophecies, then of course Our Lady of Fatima talking about the great chastisement, and it makes me think, you know, January sixteenth, eighteen fifteen, the angels showed Blessed Elizabeth quote many ecclesiastics who persecute Jesus crucified and his holy gospel under the guise of doing good, like furious wolves, a scheme to pull the church leader down from his throne. Then she was allowed to see the terrible indignation these wolves aroused in God. In terror, I saw the blazing lightning bolts of divine justice fall all around me. I saw buildings collapse in ruins, cities, regions, and the whole world fell into chaos. One heard nothing but countless weak voices 
calling out for mercy, countless people will be killed. But what terrified her the most was God's anger. She saw him extremely angry with those who persecute him. His omnipotent hands held bolts of lightning. His face was resplendent with indignation, and his gaze alone was enough to incinerate the world. The vision lasted only an instant, and then she recalled, had it continued for another moment, I surely would have died. And then later, in June of 1815, she saw, quote, the whole world in upheaval. The majority of clergy were killed. Countless men of all conditions died in the massacre, but not all were condemned, since among them were holy and faithful souls. And then on Christmas of 1816, Blessed Elizabeth saw a vision of Our Lady, who was, quote, extremely sad and outraged at the sacrileges against her divine son. Our Lady stopped asking for mercy for the world and instead asked for God's justice. At that moment, all nature went into convulsions. The world lost its normal order and was filled with the most terrible calamity imaginable. This will be so deplorable and atrocious that it will reduce the world to the ultimate depths of desolation. And I was reading that this yes, this morning and I was like, whew, that is, that is hefty stuff there. But it's not, it shouldn't try to discourage us because at the end, we know that our lady of Fatima promised that her immaculate heart will triumph. And Blessed Elizabeth also predicted that in the end, St. Peter would return with St. Paul and cast the devils back into hell. And that a beautiful splendor would come over the earth and announce a reconciliation of God with mankind. And that all the church will be reordered according to the true dictates of the Holy Gospel. And that the fervor and zeal for the glory of God and that everything will promote love of God and neighbor. There will be triumph and glory and honor of the Catholic Church will be established. And they'll be acclaimed and venerated and esteemed by all. All will resolve to follow her and recognize the vicar of Christ as the Supreme Pontiff. And so this should be a message of encouragement, knowing that, yeah, it looks like things are getting pretty bad and it's gonna kind of a little scary. But at the same time, we should be grateful that Our Lady is going to intervene and that we're going to have the triumph of the Immaculate Heart and the reign of Mary. So let's pray for that today, that Our Lady's chastisement come and the reign of Mary come with it. But we're gonna go into our fear and trembling game show. So call now, 877-757-9424. Today is the day to be able to call in because we're going to be giving away the coffee cup of divine providence and or replica of it. And the chances of you winning are incredibly high. So call in 877-757-9424. We only playing the game show yesterday and today. We're giving away the prize today. The odds of you winning are just like almost 50-50. 877-757-9424. That's the number. Call now. 877-757-9424. One last time. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back with Fear and Trembling right after this. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. 
But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Over the years, people were treated as less than human because they were a different race, a different faith, or vulnerable. But over time, we must learn that we are all God's children, created in His image, that all human creation has an inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, a right to love and be loved. So let's cherish the sanctity of life because we know how it feels when others treat us as less than human. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. Now, you may be asking, what am I listening to? What is going on? What's with all the fanfare? Um, Who's that voice? Well, I have an answer for you. Well, I'm not going to tell you all those answers. What I'm going to tell you is that we're playing the Fear and Trembling Game Show, and I have three Catholic trivia questions right in front of me here. And the trick is I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, instead, I'm going to ask Rudy the questions, and he's going to give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not he's right or whether or not he's wrong. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? You know, Adrian, earlier this week, Mm -hmm. I talked about how DVDs are on their way out. Right. They've become a thing of the past. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. uh, They've become relics of the past, relics of our childhood. And one day, perhaps, sometime soon, we may, in fact, run out of coffee cups (gasps) of divine providence, replicas. Oh, my goodness. I think that day is coming soon. And so this week, we're going to give away a replica of the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. I'm holding it up here if you're watching on our live stream. Beautiful chartreuse color interior. Beautiful. Guaranteed to make your coffee taste better. And it makes watching our live stream even better because you're sipping on a Coffee Cup of Divine Providence replica signed by myself and Adrian. And that's what we're giving away this week. Wow. Praise be to God. I am absolutely blown away. And in fact, I think we only have two more replicas of the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. So this is even more special, I would argue. So we're going to be doing that today. We'll be giving away that prize today. So praise be to God for that. Now, joining us right now is Kim and Tony. Good morning to you, Kim and Tony. Good morning. I'm doing great. Praise be to God. Our dear friends, Kim and Tony from the DFW area. God bless y'all. Where are you off to this morning? Heading to school? Yep, headed to school. Praise be to God. Now, I actually had the opportunity and the pleasure to meet Kim and Tony. Uh, they came into the studio a couple weeks ago, 
and I got to uh, kind of meet them. They were in town for our, we are here for a, for a wedding. Yes, yes, That's but right. this is Madison's wedding. <laughs> amen, amen. And how did that go? Everything went well. Oh, it was great. But honestly, we going to see you guys was one of the most amazing parts of our trip. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, Rudy, they they came the day that your wife brought my um, my mom uh, bread. Uh huh. And I just wanted to eat that bread the entire oh, time. Oh, man. I was so tempted to eat that bread. I didn't, though. I survived. I didn't take a bite out of it. It, it made it home. We promise you didn't. <laughs> well, Kim and Tony, I'm sorry I miss you guys. Yeah, I say we'll, we'll come back. All there right. you go. Sounds Praise good. be to God. Now, Kim and Tony, y'all are veterans of the game. Y'all know how to play. Um, are, what do y'all think? Y'all ready to play? We're ready. Oh, Let's yes. I know that tie. Let me ask you this. Have you ever won a coffee cup of Divine Providence? No, we got to see really? one. Really? Oh, wow. Oh, okay, then. This may the be the thickets. day. This may be the day, so we're going to find out. All right. Question number one for you, Rudy. Okay. The question on the board is, is a layman eligible to be elected the Pope? Hmm. Well... In my wildest daydreams, mm-hmm. I get a call on the phone. Mm. They fly me out to Rome. Mm-hmm. They put me through. They dress me up in the red they shoes. They make you go through TSA. <laughs> <laughs> the Swiss guards, they usher me into the loggia. Uh-huh. I'm I emerge right as the curtain is drawn with pontifical grandeur mm. not seen in years. I wave at the admiring crowds, and I say, my friends. And then Adrian shuffles me awake, and he's like, why are you sleeping on the job again? (laughs) And the fantasy's gone, but I want to believe that, yes, a layman can be the Pope. What would be your name if you became Pope? Pope Athanasius I. Pope Athanasius I. Yes. And as you're in that daydream, you have little baby Maria standing next to you? Um... No, I don't think so. I think that would be bad optics. I would probably send her to a convent or something. All right. There you go, folks. All right, Kim and Tony, 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, is a layman eligible to be elected Pope? Rudy says, I would like to think so. So, yes. Uh, What say you, Kim and Tony? Is it going to be a... I think no. You're going to say no. Are you sure you're going to go with no? Oh, we like Rudy too much. We'll go with yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're sure yes. That's what your final answer is. What do you think, Tony? Yes um, or no? <laughs> you know, I'm sure. Okay, yes. All right, let's see. Survey says that is correct. Tony, <laughs> you got my vote for Pope. There you go, folks. There you go. <laughs> right, so any any lay Catholic man can be uh, elected Pope. Um, that's wow. very, very rare. There was a case where a deacon was elected pope. He showed up and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And they were like, oh, well, I guess he's going to be the guy. Uh, So it happens. uh, Something like that happens. So there you go, folks. All right. Are you ready for question number two? Yes, I've survived it. All right. I hope you've been counting because here's your chance to count. How many authentic popes led the Catholic Church from St. Peter to Pope Francis. All right, let's do a little bit of math. All right. The average uh-huh. lifespan of a pope right. is about 60 years. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. 
50, 60. Let's reduce it down to 50. Mm-hmm. So right. it's been 2,000 years. Let's go with about 400-ish popes. 400-ish. Yeah, that's my guess. All right. So we're going to say like give or take 10? Yeah, some of them right. lived a little longer. Okay. They were healthier. All right. All right, Kim and Tony, 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, how many authentic popes led the Catholic Church from St. Peter to Pope Francis? What say you, Kim and Tony? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, Rudy says it's approximately 400. Okay. I'm going to shoot for... I'm going to say yes. You're going to say yes. All right. Let's see. Survey says... Oh, Kim and Tony. (laughs) That's not correct. The correct answer is 266 popes. There have been 266 popes from St. Peter to Pope Francis. And here's a uh, way that I remember that. Back whenever Pope Francis was first elected... And I was I was in high school when that happened. I was uh, making a joke with some friends because, you know, my friends and I are nerds. And I was saying, you know, I really hope Pope Francis takes the name Pope Sixtus the Sixth, the 266th Pope, because I thought that would be hilarious. Uh, so, yeah. Now, so if someone takes Pope Sixtus, they'll be 267th Pope. And so there you go, folks. All right. Are you all ready for question number three? I think, yeah. I mean, I'm going for... Um, right time on December. Okay. All right. Let's see if y'all can get this one. Uh, question on the board, Rudy. Mm-hmm. Which is the term for the quality possessed by the church, which guarantees that it will last until the end of time? Yeah. You know, this is the kind of thing that just really allows me to sleep at night. You know, I don't have to worry about all the crazy stuff going on. While you're on. dreaming about becoming Pope. Yeah, exactly. It's it's this uh, this term, indefectibility. Mm. It's this wonderful uh, trust in our Lord that the church will prevail even in the worst times. It's a long word. Indefectibility. Indefectibility. Mm-hmm. All right. That I mean, indefectibility. That sounds, I mean, that sounds like a real word to me. All right, 15 seconds on the clock, Kim and Tony. The question is... Which is the term for the quality possessed by the church, which guarantees that it will last until the end of time? Rudy says it's indefectibility. What say you, Kim and Tony? Is he right? Is he wrong? Or is he making up words again? Uh, What say y'all? Well, a hard hard one. That's challenging. I'm going to go for he's challenging. He's challenging go. me, so do you think he's yes or no? Um, so I think he might be yes. Okay, we'll She's, try yes. She's going to go with yes. All right, let's see. Survey says that's correct. <laughs> Way to go. All right, Kim and Tony, your name is in the coffee cup of Divine Providence twice to win the prize. And that means that's a 50-50 chance of you winning because there was two yesterday, two today. And let's see. We'll get our drummer boy on the drums. Drummer boy, give me a nice, steady drum beat. We'll keep, he's shaking up the coffee cup of Divine Providence. I can see the shaking going on. And that drummer boy is, like, getting exhausted over there. Drummer uh, boy. Let's see. Let's see. And the winner is... This one or this one? Uh, Do that one. This one? Yeah, that one. This one. That one. Kim and Tony. Kim and Tony? Kim and Tony. What? Who would have Amazing. Thought? 
crazy. That was what were the odds? Well, 50-50. That was, that, was, <laughs> that was the odds. Well, great job, Kim and Tony. Congratulations. Uh, y'all are going to win the coffee cup of divine providence. How do y'all feel? Oh, did we lose them? Did we lose Kim and Tony? Oh, I think well, they might be gone. Still here. Oh, oh, there they still, are. There they okay. are. How are y'all doing, Kim and Tony? How do y'all feel? Amazing. Awesome. It was awesome. Thank you so much. Ah, praise be to God. Now, and I need y'all to stay on the line so we can get your contact information so we can send you the coffee cup of divine providence. Uh, but God bless you. God love you. And have a blessed day at school, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, they said you too. I, I'm not going to school. I'm just kidding. I know what they mean. <laughs> it's like that awkward moment when you're at the, uh, at the, um, at the restaurant and the people are like, uh, the waiter says, enjoy your food. Like, thanks. You too. And like, wait. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, all right. We're going to go into our after show, so make sure you join us. Hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, and you can leave a comment, and we'll interact with you directly. And if not, we'll be back on Monday live, but tomorrow we have a brand new show. So it's all new show, never before heard on Catholic Drive Time. So make sure you're tuned in with us, and we're going to be there. But no fear and something game show the rest of the week, because we're going to be at our Radiothon in Birmingham, Alabama. But God bless you, God love you, and we'll see you all tomorrow, and we'll see you live on next Monday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you, God love you, and I'll see you very soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel, home of the Soul Community. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Ignatius of Antioch. The intention for today's Mass is for all those joining us on Guadalupe Radio online and those here present. Faith of our fathers living still In spite of dungeon, fire, and sword Oh, how our hearts beat high with joy Whene'er we hear that glorious word Faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to thee till death. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, 
that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who adorn the sacred body of your church with the confessions of holy martyrs, grant, we pray, that just as the glorious passion of St. Ignatius of Antioch, which we celebrate today, brought him eternal splendor, so it may for us be for us unending protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, for Jew first and then Greek, for it is revealed the righteousness of God from faith to faith. As it is written, the one who is righteous by faith will live. The wrath of God is indeed being revealed from heaven against every impiety and wickedness of those who suppress the truth by their wickedness. For what can be known about God is evident to them because God made it evident to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes of eternal power and divinity have been made able to be understood and perceived in what he has made. As a result, they have no excuse, for although they knew God, they did not accord him glory as God or give him thanks. Instead, they became vain in their reasoning, and their senseless minds were darkened. While claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the likeness of an image of mortal man, or of birds, or of four-legged animals, or of snakes. Therefore, God handed them over to impurity through the lust of their hearts for the mutual degradation of their bodies. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and reserved and worshipped the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day pours out the word to day, and night to night imparts knowledge. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. 
not a word nor a discourse whose voice is not heard. Through all the earth their voice resounds, and to the ends of the world their message. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Word of God is living and effective, able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. After Jesus had spoken, a Pharisee invited him to dine in his house. He entered and reclined at table to eat. The Pharisee was amazed to see that he did not observe the prescribed washing before the meal. The Lord said to him, O you Pharisees, although you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, you are filled with plunder and evil. You fools! Did not the maker of the outside also make the inside? But as to what is within, give alms, and behold, everything will be clean for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One of the fundamental beliefs that we have as Christians is that we have come from God, and of course we're trying to do the will of God, and then we'll return back to him. But we've made that coming forth from God and that return an estrangement because of sin. It should be a very natural process, but because of sin, there's three effects. Our minds, our, our intellects are darkened, our wills are weakened, and our senses are disordered. And that's really what St. Paul talks about in that first reading. What happens, of course, is in that darkness of our intellect, um, we, we, we don't even look for God. And then when we do, we find that he, we find him as a kind of competitor to our freedom. And so we have to turn away from him or run away. But we find out in the end it really does us no good. God still exists. God still loves us. And he's, he's after us. He's the hound from heaven. And it's only when we, when we make that conversion, it's only through a conversion and through purification that we really come to live as our full, our, in our full dignity as sons and daughters of God. It's interesting, something that St. Paul says in that first reading to the Romans is something uh, I read. He says, we have, of course, we have no excuse. God has revealed himself through creation. We can come to know him through creation. How did this all get here? What is it all about? And then sort of our minds can go back in, in that process to realize that there is some, something, an, a, a divine intellect, a wisdom that has created everything, has created us, and wills us into existence, into being. He goes on to say, he says, it is be- they, while claiming to be wise, they became fools in exchanging the glory of immortal God for the likeness of an image of mortal men. Instead, they were vain in their reasoning. Their senseless minds were darkened. Therefore, God handed them over to impurity through the lusts of their hearts for the mutual degradation of their bodies. 
It's funny because Paul's talking about 2,000 years ago, but you could say he's talking about today. What I heard one time was that some, uh, many times, or sometimes maybe God allows us to fall into the sins of impurity because to keep us humble, what is really at the heart of it is our pride, our vanity. So he, he allows us to fall into impurity in order to help us to realize that we need to be humble. Many people come in with different sins of, of impurity, but sometimes behind all of that is a vanity or, or, a, or a pride. And I think St. Paul is getting at something here, because there's that purification that needs to happen where our hearts are really pointed back in all of our desire for God. Both the inside and the outside of the cup have to be cleansed, Jesus said. And somebody that we celebrate today, this saint, St. Ignatius of Antioch, is so um, such an amazing example. What's kind of interesting is that in the Office of Readings today, he writes a letter to the Romans, because he's on his way from Antioch to Rome in order to, to undergo his martyrdom. And he's writing to the Romans saying, if you love me, you will allow me to give my life for Christ. If you, if you don't, if you try to stop me, if you try to give any all kinds of worldly consolations, I will think that you really hate me. <laughs> he's writing to these, the Romans about a hundred years later than St. Paul, and he's asking them, of course, to allow him to be ground up by the wild beasts like wheat. It's interesting because what that this transformation that he has undergone is how well he connects his life with the Eucharist that we celebrate. He wants to be ground up like wheat, to become Christ pure bread. His life now so purified, his life now so converted, that he wants to be completely, to completely give his life for Christ, to identify himself with the Eucharist, to be ground up like wheat. Well, hopefully in our life we can ask God for that grace to be able to have that kind of, that depth of purification and readiness to give our life for the Lord. Let us ask the Lord for this grace, a grace of a deep faith and conversion. Pray for those two who are very, very far away from God, that through the, the beauty of his creation, but more through the beauty of his grace and the attraction of God to love him with all of our heart, mind, and soul, may overcome all of our wickedness and sin, may turn to the Lord and become his pure bread. Amen. In the scriptures we hear, I prayed, and understanding was given me. And with this, is, this in mind, we bring all of our needs before our Heavenly Father. Let us pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, that he will continue to lead the church in proclaiming the good news of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who work in public services, that they will understand the value of what they do and find satisfaction in working with integrity. Let us pray to the Lord. For all caught up in the distress of war, especially in the Holy Land and the Ukraine, that they will find relief through the generosity of others. Let us pray to the Lord. For ourselves, that we have the courage to recognize and leave behind all that keeps us from Jesus. Let us pray to the Lord. 
for the sick and those who suffer in any way that they may be comforted by the Holy Spirit. Let us pray to the Lord. Merciful Father, your love for us surpasses all our hopes and desires. Forgive our failings, keep us in your peace, and lead us in the way of salvation through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth, the work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine, a work of human hands, it will become our spiritual drink. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May this oblation of our homage be pleasing to you, O Lord, just as you accepted St. Ignatius, the wheat of Christ, made pure bread through his martyrdom and passion, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for the blood of your blessed martyr Ignatius, Poured out like Christ to glorify your name, shows forth your marvelous works, by which in our weakness you perfect your power, and on the feeble bestow strength to bear you witness through Christ our Lord. And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth, and before your majesty without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenisun Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna, in To you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world, 
together with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all those who, holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants. And all gathered here, whose faith and, and devotion are known to you, for them we offer you the sacrifice of praise or the offer for themselves and all who are dear to them for the redemption of their souls in hope of health and well-being and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, mother of our God and Lord, Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, and Jude, Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogonus, John and Paul, Cosmas and Damian, and all your saints, we ask that through their merits and prayers in all things we may be defended by your protecting help. Therefore, Lord, we pray, graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family. Order our days in your peace and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable, that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to heaven, to you, O God, as Almighty Father, giving you thanks. He said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands and once more giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples saying, take this all of you and drink from it for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you have given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance and to accept them as once we were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the, your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham, our father in faith, the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. 
In humble prayer, we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ a place of refreshment, light, and peace. To us also, your servants, who those sinners hope in your abundant mercies, graciously grant some share in fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon through Christ our Lord, through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord. You sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we wait the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tollis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be.
For those unable to receive communion and those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the Most Holy Sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Sacrament most holy, O Sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine, be every moment thine. Let us pray. May the heavenly bread we have received, O Lord, on the feast of St. Ignatius, renew us, we pray, and make us Christians in name and in deed through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue come. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee, through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.